last week's i set it all up and fell asleep so sorry about that i think i ended up doing it on monday so if anybody's used to listening on sunday uh, if you go back it is on the the gear website's youtube channel uh but here we are tonight uh a little bit late midnight always has his chats and he's rude so he'll just do his chats as late as he wants knowing that the van chat waits for him but that's what van people are we're we're courteous and we wait we're patient. So uh, thanks everybody for being patient with us. And we got a couple people joining in super late. We got Clover jumping in from Texas. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for the invite, G. And then uh, uh, Dead Horse jumping in from Utah. Howdy. So one of the people, or one of the things we're talking about on this uh, episode is who we met on this trip. And if we count this year or this, you know, whole 19 or 2000. I must be getting tired too. 2018, uh, then I met both of these guys. But uh, <clears throat> uh, if we're talking about this trip specifically, I did get to meet up with Dead Horse finally. So uh, we'll talk about who we met on this trip. And then it also says puppy on the road in the van. So done a couple of videos lately um, that are coming up. Actually, I took made the videos on the trip, and I just didn't upload them or whatever. So... Uh, one of them was about the dog support stuff. So over on the uh, gear websites, you know, I need to set up a gear websites on GunTube and over on GunStreamer. But um, uh, for now, over on YouTube, uh, there's uh, a video on the stuff I bring for the dog, which is basically it's his own bag or her own bag uh, with uh, some leads, some extra leashes and collars, uh, flexible water bowl place to put food so the bag is mostly food uh some support gear uh nail clippers and some scissors and that's about it for the dog i guess for her brushes and then uh i usually carry that first aid book dog first aid book dog first aid is pretty similar to ours but there's a couple of different things there's medicines and foods that they're not supposed to eat and those books usually just kind of cover all that pretty easily um and then uh about it so uh, that nylon bag, and then I think I talked just a bit about, uh, I don't know what I talked about in that video. I did it probably a month ago. So uh, anyway, she did pretty decent on the, on the, in the trip. She, I didn't have her for very long before the trip, but uh, she seemed to adapt pretty well. I think for a dog her size especially, the van was like having her own little apartment. And, uh, and now that we got back to Tucson, uh, the temperature is nice. The weather's fine. So she basically goes with me. Anytime I have to go for an errand or something, she just hangs out in the back of the van. It's comfortable for her, safe and secure. She has water and everything back there. So uh, she's definitely taken to life on the road. Um, we'll see what happens when we're not on the road for a while, if she starts to get mopey. But at this point, um, I figure she probably thinks we're getting back on the road after every time she jumps in the van. She doesn't know where we're going to get out. <coughs> So, I don't know, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, who all we met? I talked about that. I don't really want to talk the whole time. 
So if anybody's out there, uh, we are, uh, there's only two people watching. Is that right? Possible. We'll end up having to chat ourselves the whole time. But I uh, do these shows and these different pro uh, projects as uh, experiments in, social, in the new media. So uh, feel free to jump in. If you'd like to join the chat, let me know. Uh, some of you have links. And uh, definitely use the text chats and uh, give us questions or uh, ideas for stuff to chat about. Otherwise, we don't have to make it real long. But I do like to have these on a regular basis. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know if you guys have anything to throw in there yet? Take a drink. Uh, no, not really. Um, I keep trying to smoke these little square electric cigarettes that Hosh smokes, <clears throat> but they give me this issue. I don't know what it is. It's like there's phlegm, but there's no phlegm. Like they, I guess oh, they make me cough really bad too, man. They like constrict the. Uh, <clears throat> bronchial things or something. It's like I need to cough, but there's nothing to cough up. So I don't think I like them. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, they make me cough really bad. It's like really, really bad. I just start having a coughing fit every time I've tried one of those. Well, if I try a normal kind like I've always used, which is more like goop in a tube with a battery underneath of it, no big deal. These little square ones, though, with the uh, little square cartridges you put in them, he says it's nicotine salt. And I was saying, like, the good news is I've lost it. Man. Like, I keep losing the damn thing. And then I'll find it, like, in three days, and I'll go, oh, yeah. And then I'll forget, I guess. Or I'll go, oh, I'm going to try that again because I'm not sick now. Or maybe my lungs are clogged up from something else. And I'll try it again, and the same thing. I get all clogged up from it. Um, but anyway, he says it's some sort of different nicotine, right? So maybe it's different than the juices. I have no clue. And are are those juices like FDA regulated or anything? Like, do they have? No, no. Like, are are they tested to make sure that you're not like, like you know, it's not rat poison mixed with you know other dangerous chemicals? No, but it's not. It's not. It's the glycerins and food. Uh, what do they call them? Food uh, flavorings. So they're the same flavorings they put in candy or, you know, any kind of, you can buy those at any restaurant supply, I'm sure. I don't know. That, that's what scares me. It's about all those different flavors and all that. Like, yeah, like how, because they've, uh, I've heard for years that like there was like a red dye or something that like caused cancer or something, right? that they banned back in like the 80s or something that they used for years and years. And it was like a red food coloring. And so it makes me wonder about these flavorings and colors and stuff they use like, man, like, I well, don't know. We're just chatting. So uh, part of the van chat has gone out and checking out restaurants. One of the reasons I don't like eating factory food, food that comes out of chains and out of the factories that supply chains. You know, people don't think about it. I, I guess people don't think about it. I assume people don't think about it. You know, if you go into a place and it's the same, you know, whatever piece of food off the menu that it is in every other state you've ever been in and probably the whole world, you know, that, that requires a, a consistent product coming into the place. You know, they don't, they don't just take all these different extremes and uh, 
ingredients and then somehow make them the same they get their ingredients all very much the same so that requires all kinds of craziness to you know to get that end result and one of them is that a lot of times it's just bland like they just get all they remove all flavor like they need some of the characteristics of whatever the product might be but everything from tomatoes to potatoes to pork to corn to everything else right they get the flavor from you know, like this one place in New Jersey, I guess, <clears throat> the way it's told to me, from multiple sources. So most of the food flavoring is all done by like one, you know, specialized group. And yeah, it's just a bunch of petroleum byproducts mostly. Some of it is extracts out of food. You know, they break down food and stuff, but usually they'll start with something they like, you know, that has flavor. They'll figure out through a spectrograph or whatever science they would use to figure out what elements are in it, and then they just recreate those elements that they want, whatever characteristics they want, out of easily available stuff, so like corn and petroleum. So yeah, there's a lot of debate on whether or not those things are bad for you or not. But on the other hand, most of the time you're talking like drips and drops into a gallon, so very little amounts in the actual food you're eating. You know, it's just enough to get your nose or your mouth to realize what they want it to realize. And uh, when they do those testings on critters, you know, they'll like what we get, you know, maybe in a year is a drop or maybe more now. But, you know, very little over time accumulates to even, you know, a small amount. They'll put it, you know, like a, they'll feed a rat that for a week or something like that's all they eat for a week is that chemical. And then they'll go, oh, look, it sprouted an extra arm or something that must be bad. Or I guess it gets tumors or it dies or whatever. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not, what are you trying to say? Advocate for the food science, but I'm not putting it down either. But at the same time, I don't, you know, if you got a choice of what you can eat, I'd rather, I agree with you. I don't want to eat stuff that's just the engineered chemical flavor. I don't think it's unsafe. I just can't, I just don't think it's the way food's supposed to be, right? Tomatoes taste like tomatoes because they're tomatoes, not because somebody with a spectrograph broke it down and it was able to recreate it with like, you know, kohlrabi and petroleum oil. Well, yeah, like I've never had like a, a banana or strawberry or something flavored popsicle or something that actually tasted like bananas or actually tasted like strawberries, you know, like uh, a lot of those flavorings, they don't, they kind of taste like it. Like there's a hint there, but they really don't taste like what they're trying to copy most of the time. We don't remember anyway. When's the last time? I bet you there's whole people like your kids. They're not old enough. I bet you they haven't hardly ever had a real strawberry, unless you got like real farmers market that's putting in the effort, or like somebody with a garden is putting in the effort. I mean, most people eat strawberries with that big white gross insides, or tomatoes with the big white gross insides. Mm -hmm. Be kind of stuff we throw into the what do you call it, like the slop heap or the recycle pile or whatever to be mulch next year when it was a tomato with a white inside. Now it's like you don't even see a tomato without a white inside. Yeah, yeah, homegrown's always the best. But you know what I mean? If you haven't had that baseline, a real, you know, I guess years probably of eating real tomatoes, or I guess real strawberries in this case, like how would you know what a fake strawberry taste is supposed to really taste like? Oh, like, you wouldn't. And even strawberries, even strawberries that you get in the store are not the same. I had my my strawberry tree uh, this year. Uh, it was just starting to put on, and then uh, we got a dry spell, and I really hadn't had the irrigation worked out on it yet. Strawberries require a lot of water, 
And, uh, uh, oh, man, they just all dried up and died. It sucked because they were so good. What few I got off there, you know, early. Uh, and, you know, I love strawberries. So, you know, you get those containers in the store or whatever, and they've been refrigerated for like way too long, and they've been genetically engineered, and they've had pesticides and other kind of preservatives put on them, and um, they're just not the same. They're so not the same. Were you guys in when we were, I think it was in, Dead Horse was in there. We were in, I don't know whose chat it was. Somebody just had a live chat going. And uh, we were looking at the history of stores and retail in the United States. Yep. So anyway, I think that, you know, we started, I always think we started from, you know, small stores that dealt with the areas that they were in. And that kind of gave us a bird's eye view of the whole thing, I guess. But, you know, there's more to it. Like flour was made here and whatever. Something else is made over there. Tobacco is made over here, right? And then there would be some trade or whatever. And that's how stores, you know, got stuff from out of their areas. But for the most part, stores were fairly regional. So if you traveled and you were eating here, it was going to be different than if you traveled and ate over there. And uh, then we got, you know, the war and automobiles and refrigeration. We got all kinds of stuff happened in World War II and all that. But um, anyway, obviously, you know, the progression in fast forward happens where you get chain restaurants and uniform uniformity and consistency and mass production and, you know, strides in refrigeration and uh, storage and everything. So, you know, we've got to where we are today. We also have massive populations, so you have to be able to feed them and stuff. But I really think that there's a potential for it to bounce back to where people get sick of this, you know, because we're just humans. We're, you know, susceptible to tastes and trends and whatever. And I think people get sick of the the same thing everywhere they go, I, I hope. And we'll start seeing, you know, like, uh, oh, I want to get fish like it tastes like there. Or I want to get chicken like it used to taste like. Well, I guess people don't remember anymore what it used to taste like. But, you know, once there's somebody says, you know, screw this, I'm not going to buy my chicken from Tyson. I'm going to buy it from this guy down the street who actually raises chickens their old-fashioned way, you know, and people start going, wow, there's a difference. And then there's a difference between not just in the sauce, but in the critter, you know, in the food from here and from there. Same thing with everything else. I mean, corn and like we're talking about tomatoes and strawberries and all that, you know. So you start getting blueberries from Michigan, taste different than the blueberries in Oregon. So blueberry isn't a blueberry anymore. It's a Washington blueberry or Michigan blueberry. Anyway, when we get back to that and people value the, the regionality flavors or regionalities or whatever that would be called, uh, you know, mix that with Amazon and FedEx and everything. And now little businesses can thrive because somebody can go, hey, I want to have a, you know, such and such from there. And then the same thing applies to like clothing and chairs, and all the other crap. But you know, I think we got the potential to get back to where everybody can value and and explore their own regional interests and flavors and styles, and then people, you know, worldwide can appreciate that and and uh, keep everybody in business. Yep. Agreed. They're talking about quitting smoking, so that's always a good thing. I think uh, it helped me a lot, giving me that pipe, so thanks for that. And uh, 
it hooked me up with all that tobacco right before I left. So I don't know if I did a video on it. Did I ever do a video on the little thing I sewed up? I don't guess, no. Um, I made like, uh, I had a bunch of multicam for doing the inside of the van and I overcalculated. I knew I overcalculated because I figure if I had extra, I could do something with it. And I didn't want to have to go back to the store because it's like half an hour away. So I ended up with a bunch extra and I uh, just basically took a rectangle and kind of folded it and folded it into like a little thingy that's, I don't know what to call it, like a fold out type of thing with a couple of little flaps. Mm -hmm. Nothing super difficult. And then, uh, but basically, I, did I put Velcro or a zipper or something on one side so that the pipe could go in there with that little tool thing you gave me and then okay. tobacco and the others. But I didn't even realize, but whenever I... I kind of roll it up, and then I've got this, um, I think it's like supposed to be like a, a cozy sort of for like a bottle instead of a can. And uh, I got it from from SOE gear when I visited them a long time ago uh, for my camera, for my video camera. So it's made for like a water bottle probably or maybe a thermos or a canteen or something. Mm -hmm. but, so it's kind of like padded so that it would insulate a can or a lit drink. But because it was padded, it worked out perfect for my video camera. It would, like, fit in there, like, kind of a holster for my video camera. Um, I don't use that video camera anymore, so it's just been sitting around. So I roll that thing up with the pipe and the tobacco, and I stick it in there, and it works out perfect. So I have that kind of sitting on that cool. gate, you know, between the front and the back of the van. Right, right. So I just have it there for when I'm driving, and that way I can uh, load it up and just puff a couple of puffs if I want. Or if I want a whole cigarette, I can you know, puff the whole thing or whatever. Um, but what I didn't realize when I kind of sewed that thing is it fits right on my knee, sort of like how a thing would work for like a pilot, how they have those little things on their knees. Mm -hmm. And it can just sit there. So whenever I'm driving or whatever, I can just have it set in there and yeah, it worked out really well. Cool. But of course, it's still nicotine. So still uh, nicotine. not very much. Not the stuff I sent you. Well, maybe you wouldn't get addicted, but I mean, it's not like. Um, vaping or something where you know there's no nicotine in it or something. Right. Right. All right. Well, so who did I beat on this trip? So I started out, and I originally started out to go to the Red Dawn places, but I had that kind of hiccup with the car. So uh, the guys from BMC said to uh, stay over in Albuquerque. So instead of blowing right through there, I ended up meeting up with those guys. It's always a pleasure. And they actually bought some patches off of me to sell in their store. They sell patches at their store. That was an unexpected uh, uh, treat, so that was cool. And um, they got to uh, see the dog and everything. Then I headed up, went up to Dragon Man's, and I don't know, I guess I could say I'd met Dragon Man again. He's cool. Um, left Dragon's Man, and I'd eaten the bad burrito the day before. So I ate the bad burrito on like Saturday and then met up with Dragon Man on Sunday. <clears throat> so I was not feeling super great, but uh, every place was closed. All the gun shops were closed in Colorado Springs, so I went up to Denver and met up with Chris Stell. Um, so I got to hang out with him for a bit. Uh, not as long as I would have liked, and he probably would have liked, because, like I said, I was not feeling great. And I wasn't, like, under the weather anymore, but I was like, you know how when you've just been sick, you just don't want to do nothing. Like, I just would have been, like, fine to sit on a couch you know but uh, i figured if i'm sitting like that i don't want to just sit somewhere it'd have been kind of miserable so i figured if i'm going to be in that mood i might as well just be driving so i decided to head east and I ended up driving further than travis and 
like not far enough to hit, meet up with Sandhill. So Travis was working. He's a teacher. So it was like the middle of the day. Couldn't meet up with him. And it would have been like adding three hours to the road trip to go back and meet up with him. And anyway, so I didn't end up meeting up with Travis like I had planned. And Sandhills, same kind of thing. I had said, hey, I'm heading your way. But by the time he responded to the text, I was already in Iowa. Uh, I don't think we know anybody in Iowa, do we? At least not from gun channels. So didn't meet up with anybody in Iowa. Uh, then I got to Illinois and headed down to Jonathan Browning's workshop where his dad, John, John Browning's dad, started shop, made the harmonica guns. And where I'm headed to in Illinois uh, at like 6 o'clock in the afternoon said, don't bother showing up until 9. We're leaving and we won't be back till 9. So now I had some time. I uh, contacted Mule. So I don't know if you guys ever chatted with Mule Team 66 back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. So he doesn't do too much anymore. I don't know if Clover, do you remember Mule Team? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet up with him. That was pretty cool. It's been a while since, you know, he's been chatting on the regular. But then we could, you know, we chatted quite a bit back in the day, especially when we were going from the whole YouTube thing kind of, you know, YouTube was sort of falling apart. I think there was a potential for the community to just fall apart. If maybe you know, 10 people would have said, screw this and leave, uh, then I think a lot of other people would have said, oh, if they're not here, I'm leaving too. So uh, he was one of those people that stuck around and kept a bunch of other people interested and kind of got through some of the BS. So uh, anyway, it was cool to BS with him a bit. And we had some time you know, to kind of hang out. It wasn't like, oh, I got to go. And it wasn't like as bad as a couple of days earlier when I was hanging out with Chris where I was feeling physically bad. So I uh, got to meet up with Mule. He signed the uh, poster as well. Did I say Chris signed the poster? So that was kind of cool. Um, headed up, met up with Dano again, which met up with him before. Uh, got to meet up with Smeggy and Roll Call, uh, who had also met up with previously so i got to meet up with them again though at the gun rights policy conference and then patrick uh showed up uh he does uh a gig where he drives multiple states away from his home base i think it was in indiana so uh he ends up driving all around the midwest with his gig and it worked out that he was able to get to the gun rights policy conference so that was pretty cool i uh, got to say hey to him and he signed the poster uh, let's see. Then we went up to Wisconsin, and most of everybody we know in Wisconsin is over in Milwaukee, but I came up from Rockford, which is kind of in the middle of the state, and Milwaukee's over by the lakes. So uh, didn't really meet up with anybody in Wisconsin. But while Oh, and then I went up to Minnesota, uh, and while I was in Minnesota, just checking out a random uh, surplus store, uh, as I was, I left one of my cards that said, thanks for being a Thanks for your hospitality and being a member or being a stop on the Gunshot Loophole Tour. Uh, some guy came out and said, oh, I follow you on Instagram. So I don't know who that guy was, but now you know I follow him on Instagram. So um, he's not a gun channels person. He just follows me on Instagram, I guess. But anyway, that was kind of a neat coincidence. Only person that knew anything about the tour. But I think it's the first time anybody's known about the tour while I've actually showed up somewhere. Um, let's see. Then... Uh, had some appointments and stuff that I was working on in Minnesota and every second matters was uh, on the second and it was done with my things at five o'clock every second matters I think ghost was doing it that night at like seven their time 
So I went south for an hour and met up with Roosted. That was pretty cool. Uh, he's a cool dude. And we got to chat for a bit, and then the, the live chat started. We got to live chat for a bit. I don't know if you guys remember the end of that one. Police showed up and kind of rousted a guy out of his car. Some guy was sleeping in his car. So that was kind of an interesting, fun end to the live chat. Then we went over and ate at a Greek place, and that was kind of cool. So uh, uh, headed back to Minnesota. Where was the next time I met somebody? I don't think I met anybody else from Gun Channels until I got down to Salt Lake City. And that would be Dead Horse. So, yeah, I think that's about it. So I'm going to go back to... Where am I going back to? I'm going to go back to Cody, Wyoming, and I'm certainly going to hope that one of the efforts this time around on the tour is that I'll do better job following up with all the shops, especially some of the shops I hung out with. There's a couple I can think of off the top of my head and probably more if I thought about it, where sometimes I walk in and ask them if I can take some pictures and if they're not talkative, you know, I'm not looking to have conversations with them either and I'll leave. But other times if I, you know, I just kind of, what's that called? You kind of mirror back the, the personality of the person. So if they're like, Hey, can I help you or something? I'll say, no, thanks. If they're like, hey, how are you doing? I'll say, thanks, how are you? And, you know, if they're talkative, I'll ask them a question back. You know, if they ask, if they're, you know, talkative, I'll keep talking with them. So um, every once in a while, uh, I'll end up being at a shop for an hour, you know, something like that, if, before I know it. And uh, um, some of those people, honestly, every once in a while, it's, I don't know, I don't want to call it like, not boring. It's just that it's a challenge. Like I'm, I'm going to these gun shops and I'm experiencing them. They're just not all that interesting. You know, sometimes it's, you know, that's not into something that they're really into. <coughs> there was a guy who was, um, uh, once I told him what I was doing, driving around looking at gun shops, everybody, I guess, has their own impression of that or, uh, you know, their own, I guess if they figure, oh, I'm driving around looking at gun shops, I must know everything about every kind of gun. Um, so he was doing some kind of a long range school or training and, uh, really went from zero to 90 with tech talk. I mean, I, I kind of knew what he was talking about cause he's talking about optics and rifles and stuff, but, um, you know, that wasn't necessarily like, you know, I look for conversations about rifles or anything, but that's part of the experience is you know, experiencing these shops and seeing what they're passionate about and seeing what interests them and how they, you know. I guess, bring that to their customers or whatever. So they're not always, they're never unpleasant. I don't want to make it sound like that, but you know, they're not always necessarily like peak interest, but a couple of them were the opposite. Like the guy, Dwayne from uh, Dwayne's gun shop, a little gun shop in the middle of nowhere, Fargo, North Dakota. That guy was so cool. He ended up being a, um, uh, he, he, his daughter or somebody was working at a school, I think or went to school. I think his daughter was going to school and he had the time. So the school needed a vice principal or not something more than that, whatever, like the, whatever the vice president of a school would be like somebody in charge of like the books because he ended up uh, having to, or his, one of his duties was handing out the paychecks. And because he was handing out the paychecks, he ended up having, you know, personal contact with every single teacher. And they're almost all females, of course. And anyway, long story short, he ended up being a really good ambassador to uh, taking these female teachers out shooting so that they would be experienced with firearms. And then eventually, you know, a couple of them 
just got really into it, like you'd expect, you know, any group of people. Anyway, it's just a really interesting. I would have never expected that going into this little shop. And he was also into really expensive, fancy, long-range type of guns. Um, so anyway, there's a couple of people on the tour um, like that I can think of that would be awesome if we could uh, get those kind of people on gun channels just because they'll sit there and talk your ear off, um, bring in their experience and their 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 skill sets to the mix would be it would be awesome. And uh, again, I don't know if they go. I get the impression that most of these people probably don't go online and chat, but some of these people with again such skills and uh, such uh, experience levels, uh, bringing them into the internet and. And having them start to archive some of their experience, especially in a situation like gun channels, where hopefully people are there to invite them on to chats and, you know, also get something out of the conversation in front of a bunch of people who appreciate the conversation taking place. Um, hopefully, I can capitalize on some of that. So, I guess what I'm saying is uh, in that trip between Fargo and Cody, there was at least three or four gun shops I can think of. There was a couple in Wisconsin where I had good conversations um, and more. So, uh, you know, sometimes you go into a gun shop on a Tuesday afternoon, there's nobody there. You know, they're happy just to see another human being, you know. It doesn't matter if they're running a business or whatever. They're just happy to see somebody and have somebody to talk about. And I think, you know, honestly, it's probably a little bit of having something to talk about where it's not a, I don't know. Just, you know, the negative stuff that you can see in a, any kind of store. You know, somebody selling you something or, I don't know, just somebody being weird. I guess I'm being weird in a way, but, you know, in a way that I'm hopefully spending a couple of bucks and giving them some encouragement to be there. All right, so where was that? Dead Horse. Um, also got to meet up with the Gunstreamer guys uh, and Gal. So that was pretty cool. And did not have them sign the poster. Uh, I thought about it, but there was three of them. And it would have been awkward and it would have there was only like seven cards left so i've had to play that card and i played you know they don't really hang out on gun channels so felt kind of like a douche but i didn't have them sign it i uh, did give them a slew of patches though so they got a bunch of gun channels patches and stuff and every second matters and things uh, so hopefully if they ever do you know their own kind of content creation or pictures or whatever there'll be some more patches in there uh let's see then went down to Utah to Vegas. Didn't really up with it, meet up with anybody in Vegas. I was hoping to meet up with uh, a dog, uh, but he's in Pahrump, and I basically was already over a couple of hundred bucks by the time I got to Vegas uh, over my gas budget. So instead of heading off into California like I had planned, which would have been another $400 in gas, uh, I think it was 400 250 250 yeah maybe $300 in gas uh, I just didn't I just went south from from Nevada uh, so didn't meet up with I, I texted everybody angry Jimmy heavy Brandon guess how many of them replied zero yeah angry said he was going out to uh, movies or something he couldn't he couldn't meet up so there, nobody else even replied so we still don't have a oh, and brandon did i shouldn't say that i was hooking up with brandon before i even got down there because he's the only one that hasn't signed the damn poster in phoenix yet and i want him to sign the damn poster but uh he's about the wiliest dude ever trying to get him to pin him down to do anything 
because he's always doing stuff. So um, we had planned to meet up. I was down by that uh, Arizona Firearms gun shop, the uh, people from Gun Freedom uh, Radio, the podcast. And their shop is, let's say, at, if you're looking at a clock, 7 o'clock, right, in Phoenix. And Brandon is like at 2 o'clock. So literally couldn't be further apart. And whenever I was finally done, it was like 1 p.m. or something, which was right at the beginning of traffic. So everything I could figure out, it was going to be like an hour fighting traffic just to get over by Brandon and then an hour fighting traffic to get south from Brandon. And this was at the end of 30-something days, and I live a couple hours from Brandon. I'll be in Phoenix again. So I didn't meet up with Brandon. I uh, didn't meet up. No, I didn't even meet up with the people from Gun Freedom Radio. So, so uh I still need to get up to Phoenix and finish up some of that. So that was pretty much the people I met up with. Um, got a couple of new people on the poster, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, really. So you know, we would have never got roosted. We would have never got dead horse because the uh, trade show that used to I used to go to, I've been to Salt Lake City for, is now in Denver. So do plan to go to this antique gun show in Denver one day. So it would probably met up with Chris, but, uh, you know, it had been a while. Um, and what am I missing? Oh, mule. Yeah. I would have never, well, no, it's not true. I probably would have gone back to Midwest at some point and could have met up with mule. But, uh, anyway, I think it all worked out pretty good and, uh, only missed Travis and Sandhills. who I've technically already met. So that wasn't the worst thing. And, uh, couple of people in Milwaukee, but again, it wasn't as though I missed them as much as my route really didn't take me over there. Right. You said there was only seven spots left on the poster, right? I'd have to double check. It's something like that. I took a bunch of pictures before I left just in case something happened to it. So we'd have all the pictures of everybody's signatures. Right. And then what did we add? Like five or something. So yeah, it's getting pretty close. So we're going to have to figure out what to do with it once it's, once right. it's finished. Cool. So that's been a year. That's pretty good in a year. We started it in November, right? At Wanamaker? Yeah. Um, I could take it to California. Let's say the money was no object. I could take it to California. The only thing I could think of is Calaveras. Um, everybody else is on there. Angelina, Hosh. Uh, oh, there's a guy, Falling Hammer, who doesn't really go on gun channels, but we met up with him at the... Uh, Anti-gun rally in Phoenix. Philo, Philo is in, is on gun channels, and so is uh, 50 Caliber Karma. They're all, in, they're both in. I don't know where they're at in Cali. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. But again, money's no object. I'm playing. I don't have any money. Um, but then if I went to Tulsa, even if I, again, money was no object, and I left tomorrow, went to California, I could get a couple of three and then swing through Texas. Technically, Al is in Texas, I guess. Mm-hmm. Pottery signed it or no? Um, Pottery signed Pottery no, should have. No, no, he did because we went out to the vehicle specifically so that he could sign it before he drove off because he had to leave right. it. Right. Pottery has signed it, and Mr. Wright and you, Matt, has signed it. Yeah, I think see, the, Texas, you've got quite a few, though, that you could. You've got Jim oh, Burgess. Who? Jim Burgess. And, um, and Darren. And, and 
Trauma Jock. Yeah. Uh, Pete. Oh, it's in Texas. I didn't know. That. Are they by you, or are they all over the place? Um, I need Pete, to get used Pete. To Pete's Pete's really close. The um the rest of them are going to be a couple of hours, I'd say. But you know who hasn't signed it and who could have a million times is uh, well, twice at least is uh, um, snob. Well, and I mean, you got Snob's wife too. My wife did. My wife sign it. Yeah, the ladies that were at shots or at at where I want to make her sign it. Well, that's two then. If you if you make Tulsa with it, because that's Snob and Snob's wife both. Yeah. So it won't take much, and it'll be done. That's cool. Did you see the video I did earlier today? Um, I don't think so. I don't know if I put it on Gunstreamer yet or not, did I? Where did I even do it? That's the was that the one I don't know. Was that the one where you were live streaming and Oh, you know what it was? It was the one where I was live streaming on the website's channel and I was listening to the podcast from Soldier Systems. That's what it was. Anyway, I drew the back for the I made a new deck of cards. Yeah, I've seen that one. I didn't I didn't watch it though. Okay, well, I'll show you the deck, what it looks like. So I did this for the, look at this, for Beacons Healthy. Look at that. So, uh, boom. I don't see anything. Oh, I guess I, well, I am screen sharing, except I didn't push the last button. There we go. So I don't know if you can see it, but that's basically what the back of the card will look like for these. Because I'm trying oh, to switch. Yeah. It's nothing fancy. I just did this while I was drawing or whatever, while I was doing the live thing. Uh, but then I went in and screwed with the deck quite a bit. So I stripped out everybody who wasn't at Tulsa ever. So right. I, so it's not like I have every person at Tulsa because I didn't make new cards necessarily. I just pulled people that weren't there. Anyway, it'll be a special crazy deck. And uh, it'll still be however many cards, I think 60 or something. But... It'll only, it won't be a bunch of repeats. It won't be the same deck of 60. It'll be like very different. And the backs will look like this. And they won't arrive until Tulsa. So I can't get them to you guys in Tulsa, but you'll have them when you get home or something. Like they'll get here the day you're there. So I'll send them and then, you know, you'll have them soon after. But now, what are you doing on the opposite side, you said? Well, this is the backs, and then the opposite side is the same for all the people that were already there. So, like, you know, the, uh -huh. the, basically I have the same deck of cards I started with, but then I pulled everybody who had never been to Tulsa before. So, right. like, I don't know, D.B. Cooper, right? He's never been to Tulsa. No, oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I left a couple of people, and then I left anybody who does a show regularly. Um, but then I added, for, like, all the vacancies, a bunch of random weird stuff. So, it'll oh, be okay. a different deck than ever before for sure special edition whatever i should have called it a fifth no we can do something different anyway i just needed to do something and uh because i'm thinking oh crap if i wait too long it'll never get printed so right yeah and i didn't feel like paying for expedited shipping or whatever so i figured we already did that once and anyway so it, plus chances are if i pay for that extra shipping that's when i will figure out you know something and get to tulsa and then the cards will still be here and we'll have to double ship them so instead of trying to get them before tulsa they'll be coming out tulsa time frame but not before tulsa. right 
And you never know. If they ended up sending them to me fast, then I'll get them out to you guys, but whatever. Anyway, so there's a deck of cards coming for that. We got some other cool stuff in the works for uh, Tulsa as well. But anyway, I guess we were talking about who else could sign that deck. And we could possibly fill it before Tulsa, but we can definitely fill it at shot, I think. Is there anybody new who want a shot? Now I'm just assuming, I guess. Mike. Yeah, Mike would be great to sign it. And we won't see him until shot, I guess. He's in. He's not going to drive to Wanamaker. Yeah, no. So you've got Mike and then... Uh... Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know who else is who else has done anything. At least everybody who's going to be at shot new will have already signed it. Even if Matt goes to shot, he'll have already signed it. Yankees already signed it. So, right. Uh, and then Fatty with a firearm is going to Tulsa. So we'll see. So it's not the priority or nothing, but we'll figure out something, and it'll get filled here before too long. Going to events. And then, uh, of course, we still have Brandon to sign it. Well, then you've got uh, potentially, I mean, you're, you're not too terribly far off, but, you know, May of, of next year's NRA in Indy, and there's quite a few around that area. Yeah, and that'll be a bunch of people that can drive to that one. So, I mean, in the event, we can get it to Indy. But I think we'll have it filled before next year. And that's what I was going to say is we have to come up with something for something else that we do, something like that. We'll maybe move along and start and sign a deck next or something, even. Maybe sign a, sign a deck of the new cards, the yeah, fireman vendor cards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll continue to come up with interesting stuff. Um, is Gunsnap going to shot? I don't know if he, I don't think he is financially able to yet. But I don't think he said anything about work being an issue. But I don't know if he's got that on his radar or not. I don't. I don't think so. He hasn't. He hasn't really talked about it. So, and it would be time to start talking about it. I would think. Oh, Zorro's out in California. That's a good point. Yep, sure is. Just kind of depends on where everybody's at. California is a long state, <laughs> so I think several of them live in North California. So well, this is a van chat. So we talk about the van. So um, at this point, I've got, I've, I don't know. It's tough to say. It's Patreon's a fickle, fickle funding source. So mm -hmm. up until a minute ago, I was doing. I was on down like sixteen dollars for the month. Mm -hmm. People come and go, but one of my bigger contributors left. So now I'm down. Quite a bit. I'm down. Uh, holy moly! I'm down hundred bucks or something. So uh, um, I want to say thanks to the people. Oh wow! Down sixty-six bucks right now. So it's getting to the end of the month. People are figuring out where they're throwing their money around, and there are some people throwing some significant scratch at us. So uh, I do want to thank the people. Um, I do have a couple of bills that you know obviously need to get paid. One of them is the van bill. So it's definitely going to get tough. I mean, I'm not going to get rid of it after one month and not being able to pay the bill, but I don't have enough in the whatever to, to keep on more than a month or so. So uh, thanks again to the people that uh, do support the, the projects over on the Patreon. Uh, soon we'll have the gear website store up and running again. We're kind of talking about that in Midnight's chat a bit. Um, it is, it's a, 
it's not complicated. It's just that there's you know a ton of inventory. I had all the bayonets, for example, up there individually, mm -hmm. and then uh, you know there's inventory basically. So I just need to go through and I, since I turned everything off on the store, I need to turn it all back on. But I'll double check inventory as I turn it all back on, and uh, I got all the new patches coming, and uh, I was also out of bag, out of what do you call them, the padded envelopes that I ship in. So I had to buy a bunch of those, and it's it's amazing the difference. If you buy them on eBay, <clears throat> I think it's thirty five dollars for two hundred and fifty of them, ship mm -hmm. free, right? If you go to the store, and for thirty five dollars, I would get like fifty or something crazy. It's right. it's giant difference. So it just rubs me the wrong way to go to the store and pay like you know, thirty five cents an envelope when I know I can get them for ten right. cents. Okay? Um, Right. And it just adds up, you know. You you go to send ten things, and you're boom, an extra three bucks. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm out. If you're sending out as much as you do, yeah, for sure. Well, and and you know, I'm trying to sell. Oh, I have a bunch of stuff. I've got six hundred and something dollars worth of stuff I've grabbed at the gun shops. That'll be going out to Patreon people, mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll do some stuff here to to justify some of the expenses, and uh, uh, we'll be efforting towards uh, getting the, the gun shops out there in ways that make people interested and uh, worth uh, throwing some money at. So let's talk about that next. Um, thanks to everybody. It looks like there's a bunch of people chatting. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong chat. I'm like, well, there's a bunch of people chatting on the YouTube side, but that's from a video that I put up hours ago. So uh, let's go back to this one. There's some people chatting as well. Um, but as far as the gun shops, I'm thinking last time around, I just failed at it. I did too much travel in too little time. So all I did is accumulate content and then got home broke. And, you know, I was just, I gave myself, I was way behind the eight ball or whatever. So it's just too tough. Good news is pictures don't expire. Videos don't expire. Some of those gun shops, I guess, could have gone out of business. But even then, you know, we're still doing something to archive something that existed. Uh, so I've got the content, and this time around, something like 50 gun shops, and hopefully I got my content in a way that's a little easier, you know, I'm learning from the experience, a little easier to, to get back to, recall it. And uh, I think I did a better job of uh, posting the shops on Instagram this time around, uh, which did a couple of things for me. It kept some interest in the, in the trip, right, as I'm going, because Instagram's a pretty big audience out there. And uh, it, I was able to talk into the phone so I could dictate and be a little pretty efficient to get some of the words out there. Uh, and then once they're an Instagram post, now I have those words. I can copy those over to whatever I'm going to end up eventually um, using those reviews on. Mm -hmm. So the goal originally was to have them uh, on Instagram, of course, and then to make a quick video or a video for each shop and then uh, have the gun shop guide website where I keep all the gun shops I've ever visited um, and post the shops there. And I usually divide it up by a couple of things, by state, by type of store it is, if it's a gun shop, if it's a surplus store, if it's a range. So I've got a way to filter it or you know, search through them by type of store, a way to search for them by what state they're in. I guess I could be screen sharing this, but um, and then uh, by which tour it might have been, if it was in 2012 or one of the more recent ones. So uh, it's basically just a way to archive the shops and then 
ideally that have the videos on there with the pictures and things. Uh, but I'm thinking in addition to that, which, you know, is, is effort, is to um, uh, start up a Google map and start plotting locations on that Google map. Uh, and then, of course, I can add that to the various coverage, you know, on the websites and on the videos and stuff. Here's the map of every place we've covered. And then uh, putting them on the Google map, do a review of them. So, you know, when you go in under Google account and you start adding reviews, mm -hmm. um, you know, give them some, some Google love. Uh, so then I'm thinking that's pretty simple because that, you know, that might take me a couple of days to do that. Uh, and then I'm wondering about, like, Yelp. You think it's worth putting the effort into going through and giving them each a Yelp review as well? Ooh, quite possibly, yeah. Because I'm thinking about it, and as much as I don't use Yelp and I don't like it, it's certainly used by a lot of people. And one of the efforts that we're trying to do here is give these shops some promotion that they wouldn't normally get. And I did visit them, and I can give them an honest review. I'm not a paid person by any means, and I can give them an impartial one, and I didn't like every single one of them, so I can give them some constructive criticism, again, because right. I don't owe them nothing. Um, but that's one of, the, one of the things I was thinking, is doing some Google, Google reviews and some uh, some Yelp reviews. Right. Right. Yep. Well, <clears throat> on, uh, assuming, that, assuming that you make it to Tulsa, um, were you still planning on making the trip back? Were you still planning on coming through Texas? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm driving to, to Tulsa from Tucson, it's basically 500 bucks, And the time is no big deal. Like, I don't have anything. That, I mean, everything I'm doing, I can do in the van or whatever, all my projects and things. Uh, so that part of it, yeah, I would say, you know, I need to get down to Houston and then, you know, Austin probably and then, some hope, you know, maybe some alternate way back. I don't know. Probably San Antonio again. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, Texas is definitely a big enough place. Um, I would think I might do Texas a little bit differently, though. Is would be like find a place and then uh, stay and branch out, like just hang somewhere for a while with right. you know, 120 volt electric, and then you know go do a day trip, come back, go do a day trip, come back, stay for a couple of days, mm -hmm. go do a day trip, because Texas is so damn big. Uh, instead right. of trying, because I would notice try, trying to uh, just do the stealth camping, that's an effort in itself. Like the stealth camping on this trip, I think, was a failure. Um, as much as it is fun and interesting and inexpensive, it's costly and that it eats up time. So if you're just vacationing, I think the stealth camping is great. If you just don't have anything else to do, you're retired or something, stealth camping is great. It's a cheap way to just hang out but mm -hmm. trying to do stuff like I was trying to do on deadlines and stuff it was just annoying and uh, time-consuming because you as much as it's easy to say jump from Walmart to Walmart for example in Vegas there are 12 15 Walmarts or more mm -hmm. so I can go to a different Walmart every couple of hours but that means I gotta pack up everything and drive to the other one and you know unpack and set up and and get back into it and somewhere along the round you know let the dog out and eat so um i'm thinking i still like the idea of the van as far as uh traveling vehicle uh compared to a car because it's does it is you know i can sleep in it at any time and it's got the office i can leave the dog in it you know for most environments mm -hmm. or for at least a majority of the environments 
but as far as the um, trying to completely stay in it, then that, that's where it was getting to be difficult. So I have to figure it out. I mean, there's not enough scratch at this point to get hotels, but I'm thinking um, I'm going to try exploring like the campground idea where you just pull into a campsite and mm -hmm. uh, basically have electric. Uh, and again, that might be a, a way to do future tours where I go to a town and explore gun shops for a couple, like a day. Because <clears throat> usually it takes a day to hit every gun shop in a town, at least every gun shop that's good, right? Maybe two days if you hit it like on a Sunday or something, and some of them are closed. Uh, and then, uh, but schedule a trip where then I go to some like campground someplace um, for a few days. And again, depending on this time, I had quite a few projects. I'm working on a big project. <clears throat> I had to do the 10 patches sort of on the way up to Chicago and was editing the cards on the way up to Chicago. So I technically had like three projects I was working on in addition to driving and in addition to checking out gun shops and meeting people from gun channels so, and checking out the museums. So uh, it was just a lot. So, uh, um, you know, it all suffered a little bit. But um, uh, like I said, I think if I wasn't worried about time frames as much going from I don't know, like a KOA type of thing or, you know, one of those kind of places where you can just pull in. They've got some internet uh, stores nearby, uh, plan on hanging out at a place like that, and then drive for a day, you know, drive 16 hours, not 16, but, you know, drive somewhere else and then spend three or four days at the place and then drive somewhere else and spend three or four days at the place. I think, I don't know. So we're still going to whittle that down, I guess, a bit. And... uh I don't know. I guess it'll all depend too on the time of year because that all changes even you can't leave the dog in the car. Luckily, I think this dog, I can leave her in the car no matter what's the temperature cold-wise, but the other way around. You know, right. Well, there's, well there. I mean, the reason I kind of asked that, there's easily 10 gun shops within an hour of me. So... Um, that's something that you could, I mean, you could do the camping or whatever here. I don't know how many of them you could make in a day that, you know, um, that would, that would get you 10, 10 different gun shops. Mm -hmm. And I got to, I'm thinking too, that this time I didn't even, and when I first planned it, I had, you know, when you're just figuring it all out and you got everything in the world, potential, all the potential in the world, I guess. Um, I was planning on hitting, what, three gun shows, I think. And then once time frame started getting shifted, like almost immediately with the ball joints and stuff, everything started getting tweaked, and that put pressure on all those projects. So I ended up pushing some other project a week out. That screwed up everything a bit, you know, to the mate, you know, the whole schedule has shifted a, a week. So that killed all the gun shows because all the gun shows were off that original time frame. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and at some point, I didn't care about going to the gun shows because gun shows are interesting and everything, but, you know, I have work to do. So, um, you know, if it's get work done or drive six hours to get to that gun show, you know, that was a debate. Plus we had the weather and anyway, so like I say, it was just, it didn't work out with the uh, gun shows and that's part of the, I mean, heck, we call it the gun show loophole tour. So another way I could potentially get back on the road would be to, do the gun show to gun show thing. So then I aim at a town where a gun show is going to be, 
do the gun show that weekend and then drive a bit. And that's something I can explore because most of the time, especially if I can get help at a gun show, most of the time at a gun show, you're sitting there, right? Now, there's something to be said. If you're just sitting there, nobody's going to buy any of your stuff, right? Because you're not selling it. But at the same time, you know, there's just not anybody buying stuff, you know, 99% of the time. So uh, if you've got anybody there sitting with you at the table, I could probably get some work done especially like mindless stuff, shuffling files and renaming stuff and sorting, you know, stuff that just takes time but doesn't take a lot of effort or attention. So if I would put into the schedule being at gun shows, that might get me some uh, multi-time or whatever we call, you know, being able to multi... Yeah, multitask, yeah. Multitask things. Um, and that would also, you know, kind of accomplish a different thing. Because if I can set up a table at a gun show and sell some stuff, you know, that adds a different dynamic to the income part of it too, right? Or the cost. Mm-hmm. So as I get more, I mean, I'll have ten new patches, and some of them are interesting. You know, I'm not just doing, I'm trying not to just do the same boring stuff. So uh, they're still a little weird. They're not the same as what everybody else is doing. But uh, you know, at some point get enough of them on the table somebody's going to come by and buy something and you buy you sell 10 patches at a show that pays for the table and anything else is gas money and i do have a lot of stuff to sell at gun shows so um might look into the potential of that too so being in texas you know i could go to tulsa potentially and then see what it looks like to hit you know gun show gun show gun show uh drive them you know in a week that would give me a week to drive to the next gun show hang out for the weekend and uh plus in texas i could like you're saying i could probably hang out at a place like yours and go in a gun show in that direction this weekend a gun show in that direction that weekend a gun show in that direction the next weekend and then they start over in the same cycle right right because you guys literally have a gun show every weekend if not more yeah yeah somewhere that's what i was actually that's November 9th and something, isn't it? 10th and 11th. So, talking about Tulsa, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the 17th and the 18th would be one on the way to Houston. That's in uh, that's the Longview gun show for sure. The Mesquite Gun Show, which is Dallas Fort Worth area, is the week the weekend after. That's all the weekend after Tulsa, San Antonio, the weekend after Tulsa. Uh, which what source do you look at for gun shows? Uh, Gunshows-USA.com. Is that a good one, or just this one you use? That's the one I've always used when I was working gun shows. Since oh, okay. ever since then, that's the one I use. Yeah. Because it even has it even has the smaller shows. Okay, good. Because that's good to hear. Sometimes these things are just like boilerplate garbage, and sometimes they pay. No, it. it's it's got the biggest ones, and all the way down to I'm looking at one now from Whip Farms Productions, and that's a that's a smaller show. Usually a pretty decent show, but a smaller show. Okay, so we're saying Tulsa's the tenth. So, so there's multiple seven. shows in November. The in the last two weeks of November, there's uh, hang on one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There's twelve shows the last two weeks of November. Yeah. So 
So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'd want to be in Arizona for the first weekend in December is the SAR show. But, uh, again, if I'm setting up at some of these shows, now some of these are crazy. Nagadocious table for 50 bucks. Yeah, that's a pretty good show, too. Uh, table when set. Is, when is set. that? That one is the November 24th. Okay. Yes, GNS for GNS promotions, probably. I'm not yeah, looking, yeah. but yeah, yeah. We've 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 historically done pretty good at. Uh, where does it say it's at? The Civic Center, the new Civic Center. Yeah. Or the Armory. Okay. New Civic Center. Yeah, that's a good. That's usually a pretty decent show. Yeah. Of course, going to gun shows is. Of course, like, that's two weeks after Tulsa too. You're gonna spend two weeks. <laughs> I mean, if I loaded up the van, let's say I could figure out scratch to get to Tulsa and I could at the same time load up the van with enough stuff to potentially sell at a table in Tulsa, you know, or at least with enough stuff to sell in Tulsa, let's put it that way. Yeah. That, because uh, if I know people like, I know at least one person who's got a table there and if other people I know show up, then I've got maybe two or three people and depending on people we've met there, you know. Right. Uh, and on Friday, maybe I could you know, schmooze a couple of inches off the table here and there, put some cards out or put some patches out. I don't know. So um, uh, anyhow, if I can bring enough stuff to go to Tulsa and make a couple of bucks, then, yeah, then, like I say, I can continue working in the van and get all my projects and stuff done. And then, uh, you know, just on the weekends, be at a different gun show. Right. That would be, like I say, that's kind of one of the original purposes of the tour. Uh, like I say, though, going to gun shows have never been, been going to a gun show new and never having been to it before. You got potentially, you know, the new guy gets the shitty table. You never been to the show, so you have no idea what to bring. Yeah, but you're also um, you're also you there, that can work to your advantage too for the regulars for that show. Yes, we're used to the same old crap, the same old crap. Ooh, this is new. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. But sometimes if you can go to the show and get an idea, like, what would be the new thing that would be interesting to these people, you know, yeah. that's a little better. But whatever, no perfect rub. Yeah. So, um, And I'm a couple of years probably, or three at least. Oh, heck, more than that, I guess. But at least three removed from the show circuit around here. So well, it's hard, you for, me, hard uh, for me to give you an idea. Yeah, but, you know, if a show is more of an antique show or if it's more of, like, you know, general people. Because, you know, some shows are just literally the, the what do you call them, bag bonds, the people that go from show to show to show. That's all they right. do for living is go to show. Mm -hmm. And those shows have a certain feel. Then there's your shows. Like, we would have a couple of little shows here where almost nobody like that showed up. It was all just people out of their houses. Those mm -hmm. were the right. shows. And then there'd be a couple, like, the crossroads, the big, row, the big shows where... Not just the people that do gun shows for a living, but the people that like drive around in giant trucks and like drive them in and like unload right. like our yeah. mass productions every weekend yeah. mm -hmm. and that kind yeah. of shit. So those shows are always different. But there's there's two here that's that way, or two within you know within an easy easily within an hour's drive. There's two shows like that that are it's like all individuals mainly, uh, and as a buyer. Those are awesome shows. Yeah, those are the best to go into because those have the best stuff and usually the best prices. And yeah, well, they can be frustrating as a seller, but because those shows don't attract people who are just looking for cheap ammo or like a gun that's comparable or costs less than the gun in the gun shop, 
you know, they're looking for weird and different and interesting collectibles and I don't know what to collect next. So I'm going to the gun show kind of people, right. you know, those be a lot of fun to sell. Yeah, especially because my stuff is weird. But I'm thinking, man, I don't know. There's only so much time in a damn day. Uh, I have a lot of ammo, and I've been thinking. I've also got a lot of cigar boxes, and I was thinking about, you know, I don't know. I guess it's a bit of a gamble, like fishing. But I haven't seen a lot of people selling ammo collections. Like mm -hmm. just buy, like already it's ready to go. I see old guys selling their ammo collections, and I buy them. But am I the only guy ever buying them, or is it just not marketed well? And people would walk past a table full of cigar boxes that are like, you know, semi-started ammo collections that are not necessarily complete, but are you know fairly impressive already and have room to grow. Mm -hmm. You know, if they buy something like that, and if they would, how many do I need to sell? You know, realistically to to make it worth my while. Plus, I don't know. So there's lots of fun. I'd like to. I'd certainly like to explore that and. And play around you know i wish the cards sold because the cards would make it a lot easier i already have those and yeah. you know they're easy to deal with they don't expire but uh so far at least i haven't figured out how to how to sell them at a show good well i did really well with the gns promotions i followed them around um for sure and i did i did pretty good at their shows back then and we sold you know, we didn't sell firearms like uh, we talked about it the other night with that wholesale place. You know, we sold stuff from there and then personal stuff, of course, that I had extra reloading equipment or whatever it might be. Uh, and then I would also I would also consign some stuff out. You know, if people had odds and ends they wanted to sell. I would consign it uh, and take it. Like I said, we didn't do anything firearm related, but that way we didn't have that headache but well, we, did, we did okay i mean I, I i paid you know that was back then of course I, I couldn't say now but we did that and i was able to pay for the tables um pay for the my help you know and still make didn't make a killing but made you know several hundred dollars a month or something doing that yeah that's all i'd need really because like i say the idea would be to experience the gun shows and to you know, support some of the gas money and food and stuff with the shows and then right. You know, I wouldn't have the staff or whatever, ideally. So, right. Well, I'll keep looking. So, and as far as the shows, like I said, you've got the weekend after Tulsa. I see. Um, Where's got, Belton? Belton is down around Waco. Oh well, that's kind of not too far from there. Where's Brownwood? Brownwood is out. Almost West Texas or so. It's west of Waco. That's what I would like Consider to have Considerably. Okay, and then Corpus Christi is over by Matt, way down south oh, of you. It's way down south, yeah. And then Carville? Kerrville? Yeah. Yeah. Where's that? Kerrville uh, is down around, down around Austin? Well, that's thinking. not too far from you, right? It, uh, no, maybe it's further south. No, it's west of it's west of Austin. Yeah, it's yeah. Austin's oh good lord. Austin's four. like two hours from you. No, Austin's probably four. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kerrville is is um, Kerrville's west of Austin, probably maybe an hour or so west of Austin. 
Oh, it's west of Austin. West of Austin, yeah. Yeah, so that's on. That's where I wish that that would I would need that one like the next weekend. That would be better. Right. All right, so Mesquite. Mesquite's DFW. Oh, uh, Longview. Longview is south of Texarkana. Oh, that's sort of where Mr. Wright's at. Uh, yeah, actually, probably, man, Mr. White's probably maybe an hour west, maybe. Probably not that far. That's not too far, though. That's about the closest one to you, right? Uh, I'm that in Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches is going to be the closest. Oh, that was an Nacogdoches. Yeah, that one from Nacogdoches, that's going to be the closest. Nacogdoches is a little bit closer to me. No, Nacogdoches was, uh, was a different weekend. No, yeah, it wasn't this weekend. That was that was the twenty third, twenty fifth, or whatever, twenty fourth. Oh, I'll need to be a lot closer to Arizona by the twenty fourth. Yeah. So I'm, I need to look at one your area for the seventh. Longview is like in less than it's probably less than an hour from my house to Longview. And then the last one on the seventeenth was San Antonio. I mean, it's the opposite direction. I mean, you got to drive back north from my house to Longview. Yeah, about an hour. Big deal on a. Yeah, no, it's yeah, if that, yeah. Okay, so then and I can give you and I can give you the back roads and stuff and you don't have to hit any of the major towns and so that's a good thing. <laughs> so that would be potentially You leave. know how to you know how to read a map, so we can do that. Yeah. Um that would be leaving Tulsa going down here, then the next weekend would be the twenty fourth third and twenty fifth and that would be Texarkana, which is not the retraction. No. I don't know I say it as Azel. 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 Yeah. Azel. Yeah. Uh Azel or you Azel is is Azel is up around Fort Worth. It's west of Fort Worth, Azel is. Okay. And then Crosby? So it's gonna be further further up north. Crosby is um let's see down around Crosby down around Houston? Yeah, Crosby is oh, yeah, yeah, down. Crosby's down around Houston, between Houston and Beaumont. Uh, let's see then McCallum. Yeah, I say that I say that. Crosby is more of a is more of a suburb, I guess, of, of Houston. Uh, but McAllen is down where Matt's at. <clears throat> yeah, McAllen is, yeah. And then Nagadosha. So it seems like everything else in... Border town, McAllen is. Over on the east side. Yeah. So that doesn't really work with me. Like, there's that one in... Where was it? See, Texarkana, Azel Crosby. Caraville, I guess. That Caraville one, if that would have been a week later, that would have worked out well. Because then it would have been in the direction of me going back to Arizona, you know. Yeah, Kerrville's the same weekend. Yeah, it's the 17th and 18th. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. You could always... Well, I could go get, to that one in Longview still. You could skip if you... Well, if you, you're talking about Tulsa. So if you left Tulsa, you come here. You could hit, you know, like I said, at least 10 gun shops here. That you would have a week between Tulsa and Kerrville. And then that would put you, you know, so travel and then a couple of days if you wanted to hit all those shops and then do Kerrville 
as you head as you oh, head no. out of Texas. Well, I hear what you're saying. That would work, but you would have to do one or the other. Is what I'm saying. I would do yeah. the Longville one because the, the Longview one that weekend, and then worry about driving. Because honestly, yeah, there's no yeah. need to plow through East Texas and then have all the time in the world to go to West Texas. Well, and then you've got, like I said, you've got Trauma Jock, you've got um, Jim Burgess, you've got other people that are down around the Houston area. So, and there, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of shops down there. So, I mean, that's two, three well, hours from me. No, no, I, don't, I don't have money or time to go to Houston from you. I would go to where you're at, and then I would go to Longview, and then I would go to Austin and go home. And then head, head west? Yeah. Because, like I say, then I could book Boogie, you know, as fast as I could through uh, West Texas because there's no other gun shows there. And then I'll go see, as I might be able to squeeze a New Mexico gun show in. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'd find a New Mexico one that next weekend. That would piggyback me. And then yeah. if you can't, then I just come back to Arizona and go to the one next weekend. Yeah, just change the states here. New Mexico, where's... Dang it. Where's New Mexico? Oh, there it is. New Mexico. We're so talking about the, the 24th. Oh, is there? Oh. Yeah. Roswell isn't really on the way home. Because I have to go way far. Well, I don't I even... go to Austin. I don't even see one for Roswell. <laughs> Oh, I went to a different site. I went to New Mexico, Joe, yeah. so they might not have it on there. Yeah. But the problem is I've gone to, well, I've been to a couple of successful New Mexico. Every once in a while, a New Mexico gun show doesn't happen when it's mm -hmm. scheduled because there's not enough people over there. Right. So that would suck driving all the way across the country to go to one and then not have it be there. But um, like you're talking about going now to Armour. Where is... Um... If I went to Longview and then went back through Dallas instead of going down to uh, San Antonio and Austin, mm -hmm. then there's not really a highway, but there's plenty of roads. I could almost go. I mean, Dallas is almost parallel with Roswell. So it's not really like I'm going north again to go to Roswell. I could go to Tulsa, to Longview, to Roswell, to the SAR show in Phoenix and hit four gun shows in four weekends. And that could be kind of neat. I could set up at the Phoenix one and at the Roswell one and at the Longview one, and then you know maybe set up at Tulsa also. Right. Hmm. Oh, you're talking about setting up in Tulsa? No, I'm just saying technically, like if I. Oh. Like I was saying, if like you know, I can get nut or somebody else to. Well, just so you know, I can't remember who the heck it was now. Um, Dad, gummit, I can't remember who it was, but they told me they had two tables at Tulsa, so um, you potentially could put stuff on their table. Somebody from Gun Channels, you mean, or somebody yep. you believe yep. in? Yep. Oh, okay. And I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but I cannot remember for the life of me who. It who it is now. I would have to go you back and the store is just going to have their own stuff there. I, that I don't know. I don't oh. remember because I don't remember who it was. It's not like a creator person. It's not anybody I, I, or I would remember, you know what yeah. I mean? It was one of the screen names. Yeah. It was like somebody. Yeah. Somebody that hangs out there. 
was right. had told me they had two tables. So, um, and I was like, oh well, that's cool. That may give us a place to leave some stuff or whatever. Um, but they they would probably put crap on there if you had cards or patches or whatever. You you know, they would probably wouldn't mind putting some out on the table. That gives them more stuff anyway. So. Well, and then the thing is with the schedule, I can't. I gotta wait till this week, work week again, figure out where all the stuff is. The card should have been printed, so I haven't heard anything in email, and I don't know if I should over the weekend. You know, I don't know if it's nine to five or what. Right. But uh, it was something like last Thursday or Friday. They said seven days. So yeah, you know, who knows when it actually happens, and if they're the last time they had to dry or something because I was trying to pick them up and I couldn't pick them up at whatever it was because they weren't like technically physically able to be ready that right. fast. Right. But um, anyway, so more than likely those things will be shipping and I, I really shouldn't be on a three week trip with the cards not in hand. You know, if I can get the cards before then, then it's different. If I get the cards like this week and I have a chance to actually sell some, you know, that might be a little different, too, because there's hopefully people out there that were interested in them that didn't get a chance to grab them on the campaign. Right. Yeah. But, again, we're talking very a lot of cards. I don't think I Well, can. and the as far as the cards that I was I ordered for the water pistol thing, um, I haven't heard anything back on them either, which concerns me a little bit. <laughs> I got an email, and they were like, I got an email, and they were like, send us the artwork, and then we'll send you back a proof. And then I, so far, I, so I got to try to get with them, I guess, later today or over the next couple of days at the latest. Try to yeah, if what's don't going have by Tuesday, I'll bug you, and then if we don't hear anything, um, I think Angelina said it's like two working days turnaround for hers. Right. So, but, so we gotta, I'm already and I've already paid for them, so you know. Oh, okay, okay. So you're in that local? Do what? It's local, or you gotta wait for shipping? Uh, no, they'll have to ship them in. So yeah. it won't take that long for shipping, though. That's, that's, I'll have them in two, about two days tops. But okay, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. So well, maybe it's Halloween. Maybe they're printing something. I don't know. Maybe next week or something. Yeah, don't know. So. Well, okay, we talked a bit about uh, the who we met up with, and we talked a little bit about um, the dog, I guess, a little, like I say, I posted a video about that, and we put, started a bit late because of midnight. It's always midnight's fault, but uh, I want to thank everybody who showed up. Uh, right now, there's a couple of people watching, but for the most part, everybody's not chatting, so I'm guessing everybody's sleeping, but uh, we'll end it here. Uh, thanks again to Dead Horse and Clover for jumping in and uh, keeping it lively. Otherwise, these things get very short. And uh, we'll see you all next week.